0: john chapman what is going on faithful welcome to the show today which i'm super pumped about um you know we're going to continue with our best of series where we're going over our best number 25 and 26 to ever wear the 49ers uniform we'll start in the episode with that but w- one of my closest friends if you've been around for a while dale uh he was with eat sleep fantasy we're close friends he helped you know, throw our draft party last year with Fred Warner and Elijah Mitchell and all these great things. I mean, he's such a good dude. Uh, He reached out to me today, which with the interesting question this morning, and that was what would it take for George Kittle to be considered the best tight end ever? And that was literally it. And so he said over this question, and so I've been diving into it all morning, and it's just been an absolute blast. And going through the top tight ends and all that stuff, I'm going to share some of my findings. So we're going to do a comparative analysis of George Kittle, what he's already accomplished, compared to what are considered to be you know some of the best tight ends out there, and then reflect on exactly what it would take for him to surpass those. Because I, I, I don't even think he's in the conversation currently, um, but I think this is going to be fun because I— I love George Kittle. He He's absolutely incredible. And I think the faithful loves George Kittle so much. You go to Niners games, which that's what I do. And it's the most represented Jersey in the stands currently by a very large portion. Like it was Jerry Rice for 20 plus years. You know, Joe Montana, you see Steve young, you see Patrick Willis, you see Frank Gore, you see all these greats. There's a lot of greats out there for the Niners. We're very spoiled, but you go to a game right now, George Kittle is the number one jersey in the stands. Now, CMC might have something to say about that in the upcoming future, uh, but we'll see. So, uh, do you want to check in with the faithful and the countdown crew? What's up, David? Mosquito killer. Love all the hashtag CCs. Kim from across the pond. What's up, Kevin? Love this. So, as we get into this, uh, I am flying solo today. What's up, Chuck? So, if you have questions, comments, concerns, we can go all over the place. Um, just make sure you tag me if you don't mind in the chat so that I can grab that. What's up, Diego? Um, man, it was such a good time hanging out with Diego down in Mexico. Uh, that was awesome. What's up, Greg? So we'll get into the kittle talk, but before we do, here's what I want to talk about. Let's talk about the best ever to wear the Jersey number 25 for the 49ers. Um, what's up, Joe? Glad that you're catching the live show as well. Love it, man. This is awesome. Uh, Marco says, kill it as always. What's up, Niner boy? This is awesome. The chat is already popping. That is wonderful. Now, 25. Um, the current wearer, (laughs) is that right? Wearer of number 25 is Elijah Mitchell. And man, he's been interesting. He's been amazing when he's got the jersey on and pads are underneath it. The only problem is just keeping those pads on and staying healthy. Excited to see what he could do. Uh, Jimmy Ward, he wore 25 for a bit. Only had it for a few years. He's already won the best of for the jersey number one. So we're not going to give him two of the best jerseys. So um, he doesn't really qualify for this argument. Richard Sherman, man, what a fun transition, right? Talk about a redemption story. Going from one of the most evil-hated people in the Bay to – I don't want to say loved, but man, enjoyable, right? Like fresh, awesome. And he was, he was so paramount to the Niners taking that turn to rebuilding mode, to competition mode, to championship caliber mode, right? He was awesome. You know, he had one Pro Bowl with us in 2019. He was fifth and come back player of the year for that same year, 2019. Ryan Tannehill won it, um, which actually this is my form of printing uh, remission, right? Uh, we're not a paper. We're not an article, whatever else. But I said on a previous episode about a week and a half ago, that Geno Smith was the first player to ever win comeback award from just sucking at football. That was incorrect. And a lot of people reached out and corrected me. The correct answer was Ryan Tannehill was the first one to come back just from not being good. Now Geno Smith, he's not even the best comeback player from not being good. He's now second best at comeback player from not being good ever. So I want to correct that. I would hate to, you know, upset anybody, Seahawks fans or Geno fans. So, yes, Geno's not even the best at coming back from being bad. He's the second to follow in the footsteps of Ryan Tannehill. Those are some elite footsteps to follow in Geno. Congratulations. Um, Anyway, I digress. Richard Sherman, he was awesome. Second team All-Pro that year. You know, you can go through all whatever else, but, yeah, that's where he is. Terrell Brown, um, I really liked him, fifth-round corner out of Texas. He was around from 07 to 2013. He had a 21 A.V. score from Pro Football Reference, um, 100 games played in. and was just so consistent. You go back to the 07 days, Yeah, it was a little rough. <laughs> but he was, again, another corner that was around – um, you know, stayed with the team until they got really good and had some really good teams in those 2010s. Terrell Brown was a piece of that as a starting corner. Dave Baker, defensive back, back 59 to 61. He played three years with the 49ers out of OU. Uh, not gonna hold that against him. 22 AV score. Um, was a pro bowler his rookie year, and, and his story was interesting as I was digging into it. He led the NFL with the interceptions with 10 his sophomore year. Um, He was all all pro second team that year, 21 interceptions in three years, then just done with football. Um, Don't know the whole story there, but yeah, Dave Baker, a little before my time, but it was interesting looking in, came in red hot three great years and then was just peace out. Didn't play in the NFL anymore. Um, Charlie Garner had two years, 1999 to 2000, the running back a 29 AV score. Um, he joined the 49ers after five years with Philly. It was kind of interesting because you had Charlie Garner going from Philly to us, and then you had Ricky Waters going from us to Philly. Uh, Just was interesting. He had one Pro Bowl year with us, 1,100-plus rush yards, seven touchdowns, 68 receptions for Charlie Garner in one year, Uh, 647 receiving yards, three touchdowns. He was awesome. Played 32 games for us, but, I mean, he was just he was good. He he was near the top of the NFL. He was definitely a top five back in the NFL for us, even though a short frame. And I love this. I'm seeing all the mentions in here. Oh, this is awesome. Eric Davis, E D baby. Um, yeah, he he's by far. I don't think there was much of a competition for best number 25. And, you know, E.D., I I guess you can say friend of the show. He's been on the show a few times. Um, We've had him out to a handful of our parties. I don't even know if he knows who I am, but (laughs) I've, I've met him. I've paid him. I've hung out with him. I've had him on the show. But E.D.'s E.D., man. And if you've ever met him, he's awesome. It's just it's a whirlwind, man. And you are in his world whenever he is around. And he was a hell of a player. Oh, what's up? We got, the, we got the legend of the house. What's up, Juan? Um, what's up, JC? Finally made a live show. Let's go. Hashtag CC. Juan's the absolute best, man. He is the – he makes this whole thing happen. Without Juan, there is no 49ers rush, and um, that's that's my boss. I do whatever he says. So shout out to you and your family, brother. Now, let's talk about Eric Davis. He was around from 1990 to 1995, so six years. He has a 39 AV score. Um, Cornerback, he was the second-round pick from Jacksonville State. Absolute baller. Two Pro Bowls, one All-Pro, one Super Bowl victory. And, you know, we did our 1994 watch party all offseason. We just finished it a couple weeks ago. His playoff performances in the Super Bowl, the NFC Championship, the Divisional Round, elite. He had an interception in all three playoff games. But you could argue He was the player of the game in the NFC Championship game 1994 against the Dallas Cowboys. Dude came out on fire. First drive, pick six. I mean, absolutely awesome. Second drive, I think it was the first play of the second drive, right? 49ers are up 7-0. Come out, they throw a deep breaking in route to Michael Irvin. Boom, strips the ball, fumble, get the ball right back. We go score. We're up 14-0. Seven of the points were... At the hands of Eric Davis, and then the next touchdown was because of Eric Davis's turnover, and he had an interception later, but it was overturned by a penalty. I think it was on the D line. Um, absolutely incredible game. Uh, you look at the nine just the 94 NFC championship game, eight tackles, pick six, forced fumble, um, and had another interception called back. Dude was just a baller. Uh, six career playoff interceptions, dude. Ah, I love it, man. Um, so Eric Davis. He is our champion um, of our Best Of series. The best number 25 to ever wear that. Yeah, it's Eric Davis. Um, There we go, right there. Uh, Marco agrees with me indeed. ED should be the best 25 he was. And yeah, Garner was solid. Charlie Garner, again, if you're just looking at the AV scores, Charlie Garner had a 29 AV score. Eric Davis had a 39 AV score. So yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Oh, Dave, what's up, brother? Um, he says, I think veteran players like Sherman that help establish a cultural culture, that's invaluable. Um, who is that player currently? Kittle, Debo, Trent. Um, You know, Kittle was homegrown. He kind of came into this and all that stuff. So if we're looking at vets, I think Trent Williams was 100% that guy because he joined... Now, I don't know, though, because he joined in 2020, so we already had our Super Bowl appearance before him. I think Quan Alexander was one of those guys. We talked about him last episode as well. Um, Quan Alexander, I'm trying to think who else. CMC now, you know, vets that joined. Trent Williams, I want that to be the answer, but at the same time, man, I want somebody that was here before 2019. Kyle Ustech. Kyle Ustech. He joined 2017, though. So, yeah, that's a good question, Dave. Um, I, I don't know. I'm curious what you guys all have to say. Um, because who is the vet that came in and established this culture? I think Quan Alexander was a big one. Richard Sherman was a big one. Kyle Juszczyk, Pierre Garçon, those were big ones. But as far as, like, the continuity of of a vet that was here and is now still here. Kyle Juszczyk's the only one that comes to mind. Jimmy Ward was around, you know, with the Niners. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm seeing Warner, but again, we drafted him. He came in in 2018. Hmm. That's that's a good question. Marco, finishing up the Eric Davis talk. The pick six against the Cowboys has been one of the best plays ever for the 49ers. That, that game was incredible. They were up 21 to nothing after like five minutes. Uh, <laughs> Dave says, I stumped the great John. Ch- I don't think there is an answer that works for this current team. If we're just looking for the 2023 49ers, Trent Williams seems to be the guy. CMC seems to be the guy. If we're looking, you know, 2018, 2019 to now Kyle use checks, the guy, but he was here from the start. Hmm. Yeah, Armstead, again, he's been with us the whole time. And you know, he's kind of the how to the moral compass of the team, right? Three time Walter Payton nominee. It does so much in all the community, especially Sacramento. But dude's just the absolute freaking best, man. So let's I wanted to start this conversation. Let's transition now. Let's talk about George Kittle. Football season may be over. But the action on the floor is heating up. Whether it's tournament season or fight for home playoff court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. And Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players get injured. For basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, That player projection won't count against you, and the rest of your entry stays live. There's lots of bets. Stephen Curry, over 27.5 points. Draymond Green, will he make one three-pointer or no? Very easy things to bet. Download the app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the Prize Picks app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So let's talk about George Kittle and where he fits with the all time greats. And I'm sure I'm going to upset some people with some of this stuff because here's the thing about George Kittle everything that he does is not quantifiable, right? it doesn't all fit into statistics. And unfortunately, to have these conversations of, again, what will it take for George Kittle to be the best tight end ever? You have to go into statistics. It has to be quantifiable things that you can measure. And sadly, he's short on those things. But here is Kyle Shanahan talking about the transition of George Kittle from his rookie year to where he is now. Um, and this should put a smile on your face. So here's uh, the head coach Kyle Shedhead talking about Kittle and his development with the Niners since his rookie year. Um, yeah, I do. I mean, it's when he first got here, it was funny because we turn on our film and show cut-ups and stuff, and he had absolutely no swag. His hair didn't show out his helmet. The way he wore his socks, his wristbands, his gloves, 85 just didn't look quite the same. And then you watch him the next year when he's breaking records. and. He wears his socks much cooler, his gloves, everything. He's definitely a different swagger. Um, he was a little qu- more quiet at first. He's always been George, but uh, he was a lot more quiet back then, and that broke out a lot the second year. Um, but he's been great. He's always upbeat. He's always the same, probably the most positive guy we have on our team. Um, you know, I, I get on him for that sometimes. It's not everything is perfect, um, but that's how he lives his life, and um, that's why everyone likes having him around. What's wrong with being positive, Kyle Shanahan? Uh, <laughs> I'm just messing around. Um, but, yeah, so, like, again, let's let's have fun with this. And I think that it's, it's also because, you know, we've been doing this series of best of Niners players, and so you're comparing your kids, <laughs> right? Like, nobody has a favorite kid, but we all have a favorite kid maybe. But, you know, we, we talk about George Kittle versus other elite tight ends, This is where it gets interesting. And I think a lot of people get really defensive, right? Um, And so so let's dive in. What has George Kittle done? And this is where things get interesting because I want to compare them against who I consider the three best tight ends so far. And it's not fair to judge their completed work versus Kittle's non-completed work. He's played six years. That's it. So little bit different, right? So I'm going with Tony Gonzalez, who I think a lot of people would consider. I mean, he is the stats on stats on stats best tight end. More of a wide receiver, but he did play some in line. But his, the longevity, we'll go through that. Gronk, I think at his height of his game, I would take him over any tight end in history because he is the best two-way tight end player. If you needed an extra tackle to block, Gronk was that. If you needed touchdowns, he was that. Um, And then Travis Kelsey. And I know a lot of people get upset when the Kelsey-Kittle debate takes place, but the things I would remind, one, they're close friends, and they both prop each other up and are always saying nothing but positive things about each other. Two, very different forms of tight ends for sure, but you have to give Kelsey his flowers in the fact that, man, this dude has done it on a seven-year stretch that nobody's ever done in the NFL at the tight end position. Um, and I get it. Can Kelsey block as good as George Kittle? No, not even close. Is Kelsey a bad blocking tight end? No, not even close. Do they ask him to do that a lot? They don't, but he's actually an above average blocker. Is he George Kittle? Is he pancaking people and all that stuff? No, that's not what he does. Um and that's okay. That that's not even a bad thing. You, you know what I'm saying? So Let's go through this. And, you know, the ways that I want to look at this is I'm going to compare all four of these guys through a myriad of topics to be the best ever. Longevity, um, consistently great, stats themselves, Super Bowls, playoff stats, and then an X Factor. So those are the categories that I went through and I just dug. I just dug each one of these guys. Um, So longevity. Longevity. We're going to start with Tony Gonzalez because I think he is the best tight end ever currently. That's who I would say. Um, and I think some of these numbers will tell you why. Tony Gonzalez played 17 years. Gronk 11. Kelsey's played 10 and counting. He's 33 years old. Kittle 6 and counting. He's 29 years old. And so that that's another issue is that, look, Kittle and Kelsey, they were on the same target as far as age and years. But, man, Gonzalez played 17 years, and a big reason why he was able to do so is because physicality was not necessarily a part of his game. He was a big basketball player out of Cal, uh, right up the road from where I'm at now, right? And so he would go up and get the ball. But 17 years is incredible. 17 for Gonzalez, 11 for Gronk, 10 for Kelsey, 6 for Kittle. Now, consistently great, okay? This, let's just – I tried to take everything – my perspective out of this pro bowls all pros and i know pro bowls are a little bit more of a joke now but it's still a measurement of how people see where you fit tony gonzalez 14 pro bowls six all pros that is crazy crazy good 14 pro Bowls, six all pros gronk five pro bowls four all pros kelsey eight pro bowls four all pros so if we're just looking at consistently great Kelsey's ahead of Gronk there. I don't think anybody disagrees with that because the injuries and the physicality that Gronk had, that plagued his career. Now, Kittle, four Pro Bowls, one all pro. That one all pro, that's so glaring. And a big reason why is because Kelsey's gotten them. That hurts. I mean, there's only one all-pro tight end. It's not like corner where there's three or, you know, wide receivers where there's three all-pros. There Every is one tight end all-pro every year, and that is difficult. And since George Kittle's been in the league, Gronk's got it once, Kelsey's got it four times, and Kittle's got it once. I think that's right. I could be wrong on that. I, I should go look that up. But the fact of the matter is Kittle's got one all-pro. That is a problem. Now he's got all-pro second team several times over now let's go to stats and this is another giant red flag in kittle's career because you can't measure the blocks and the pancakes and the run game and all that stuff you can't do that these other guys do not have what gronk does but gonzalez and kelsey do not but the stats game that's where people hang their hat on um so let's start with gonzalez good lord 1,325 receptions. That's the third most receptions ever, regardless of any position. 15,000-plus yards. Six most receiving yards ever, any position. 111 touchdowns. That's the eighth most receiving touchdowns. That's the standard. If you want to be considered for best tight end ever, that's the standard. Gronk is nowhere near that. 621 receptions, less than half of Gonzalez, 9,000 yards, little over half of Gonzalez, 92 touchdowns. That's where he stood out, right? 12th for receiving touchdowns all time. Gronk is. And so he played half the games, but man was behind by less than 20 touchdowns. Like he was right there. Gronk just scored touchdowns. Now you could say, well, Gronk played, but Brady, sure. But. It's pretty damn incredible what he accomplished in the red zone. I mean, that dude just scored touchdowns. Kelsey, 814 receptions, 10,000 yards more than Gronk. Both those, 69 touchdowns. Nice. Um, He's 34 all-time for receptions. Now we get to Kittle, and this is the problem. Kittle's got 395 receptions, not even half of what Kelsey has. He's got 5,254 yards. Not even half, actually just barely over half what Kelsey has 31 touchdowns, not even half of what Kelsey has. That's the issue, right? So touchdowns haven't really been the biggest part of Kittle's career. Now last year, it was his first year ever to have double digit touchdowns, right? So he had 11. but listen to these touchdown totals per year two is rookie year, five. Five two six eleven. If he can put up some more double digit touchdown years, all right, he can make some headway there. But Kittle's 29, is he going to play five more years at this physicality at this level? I hope he does. I hope he's around forever. But the issue still pertains stats Kittle is lacking, all pros Kittle is lacking, he's not even on pace to win in those things. So if Kittle literally duplicated his career, that's two All-Pros, and that's 61 touchdowns. You're not touching these other guys from stats. Now, Super Bowls, Gonzalez, the greatest tight end ever, zero Super Bowls. That's the knock there. Gronk's got four, Kelsey's got two, Kittle's got zero. Playoff starts, okay? I think this is important. Gonzalez only played in seven career playoff games. That's it. 30 receptions, 286 yards, four touchdowns in playoffs. Not good. Gronk, 26 games. Good God. 98 receptions, 1,300 yards, 15 touchdowns. Elite. unbelievable. That's an extra season. That's more than a season. 26 games. Kelsey, 18 games. 133 receptions, 1,500 yards, 16 touchdowns. Kelsey has 16 playoff touchdowns in 18 games. Gronk has 15 and 26. This is one of the areas that I think Kelsey makes up a lot of ground on. I really do. Kittle, nine games, 25 receptions, 343 yards, one touchdown. The narrative doesn't fit there. So if you're looking at stats, you're looking at all pros, you're looking at playoff performances, he's wanting there too. Even if he doubles his numbers, still is missing out there. What Kelsey has done in the playoffs, especially recently, it's pretty damn amazing. And, and if I could pick a tight end to have on my team, I'm taking Kittle. But you can't discount what Kelsey has done recently. Now, the X factor, and this is like, let's look outside the norm. Uh, Gonzalez, elite pass catcher, one of the best ever. Uh, three decades he was a part of. It. started in 1997, played through the 2000s. Played all the way to 2013. Four years over a 1,000 yards. Led the NFL in catches in 2014. Had 102 receptions. Um, All-decade team in the 2000s. NFL top 100 all-time team. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Gronk. Blocky to dominant. The Gronk spike. The personality. It matters. Off the field there, this this is the X factor, right? Um, elite postseason Super Bowls, four years over 1,000 just like Tony Gonzalez, led the NFL in touchdowns with 17 touchdowns in one year, comeback player of the year 2014, all-decade team in the 2010s, NFL 100 all-time team. Kelsey, playoff production, uh, personality, he's got all those things, seven straight all-pro first or second team. That's crazy. Seven straight years over 1,000 yards receiving. That's crazy. All decade team. He was second team in the 2010s to Gronk. Gronk was number one. He was number two. You know, we're sitting here 2023. 20, it's between him and Kittle right now for who's going to be the all decade team for this, you know, current decade. But I'm telling you right now, it looks like it's Kelsey. But if he retires, he's four years older and Kittle keeps playing keeps playing. Kittle could take that from him. that matters. Being on an all decade team, people think like, uh, it's you know, whatever. That matters. And so if Kittle could take that, that would be huge. Um, You know, most receiving yards in a single season for a tight end, which he broke Kittle's record. And then you look at Kittle. What's his X factor? Um, Best blocker out of all these by a mile. Uh, Personality, you got the WWE stuff. You got tight end university. That expands the sport. That is huge. Only two years over 1,000 yards. He's got a ways to go. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, let's see here. I want to go through some of the chat. Sorry, I was I was on a little bit of a roll there. <laughs> I apologize. Um, yeah, I like this question from you, Donald. We're going to jump to this later. Um, so I'm starring this. I'm going to come back to this question just so you know, Donald. Um, let's see here. Uh, Josh, he says, you know, Kelsey's got the numbers. There's no doubt about it. Sharp, that is one thing. Um, you know, I didn't include Shannon Sharp. But I probably should have. And so if we look at just, again, you know, one of the things that I really, really like is the um, AV score, the approximate value that comes across from Pro Football Reference. They do a hell of a job. And so if we're just looking at the rankings of these players, number one is Tony Gonzalez with a 195. That's super high. Gronk is number two, 123. Shannon Sharp is number three. I don't consider him top five. Maybe I'm wrong there. You know, he had three Super Bowls, four All-Pros. Maybe I should. Maybe, I, maybe I'm Maybe i wrong there because he was a hell of a blocker. Great personality. So maybe I'm wrong there. I, I'm a huge Shannon Sharp fan. Um, but, yeah, yeah, Chuck, you're probably right. I, I probably should have, but I just didn't include him. Antonio Gates is f- uh, fourth. And then Dave Casper, Travis Kelsey, 107. So I I took the top two, which was Gonzalez and Gronk. And then I took Kittle's number one competition during his time, which is Kelsey. So I don't want anybody to think like I'm sliding Shannon Sharp. That was not the goal here. I I think the best two tight ends all time are Tony Gonzalez and Rob Gronkowski. I think Kelsey, Kelsey, if he keeps playing, has an argument to be in that group. And I think Kittle, I don't know if he can make it. I hope he can. He's got the talent. He's got the team for it. But another thing too, Gronk was the number one on all those teams for the most part. Besides when Randy Moss showed up, Tony Gonzalez was the number one on almost all of his teams. Travis Kelsey's been the number one on his team his whole career. Nah, that's not true. With Tyreek Hill was there. I take that back. But Kittle was number one on our team for one year, and that was his second year. I think it was 2018, right? Um, and that's whenever he broke the record for most receptions in the year, that sophomore year, when he had 1,377 receiving yards. Then Debo shows up. 2019, his rookie year. Then Ayuk shows up. 2020, then CMC shows You see what I'm saying? There was never a point where Gronk, Gonzalez, or Kelsey were the number four guy. Is that Kittle's fault? I don't think so. It's the scheme in which he's been put in. But, yeah, Chuck, you're right. Uh, Sharp belongs in the conversation, and I'm not trying to knock him whatsoever. Buff, right here. What about Sharp? Yeah, I went with the top two guys and then Kittle's competition. I will say this. If I could pick any tight end at their prime, I'm taking Rob Gronkowski. That's my number one because I want a physical freak that can block and help in the run game and also the receptions and all that stuff. I think Gronk's the best tight end of all time, personally. That's my own take. There's flaws in that, which, you know, we went through the stats and the longevity and all those things, you know, injuries and how that and, that. and I think that George Kittle is on the Gronk track, which is not a good thing. The physicality, the injuries, the way you run, the way you play, the way you block, and the way you leave it all on the field, look what happened to Gronk and all those injuries. That seems to be the way Kittle's going. I don't want him to stop playing that way. That's his bread and butter. And so, you know, you look at Kelsey, what's his bread and, butter, bread and butter? Man, it's finding space on routes. That's just what he does. And now he's playing with one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. So, you know, that's part of it as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I, bro Montetta says, howdy, George Kittle. I love it. Right here, Kelsey has Mahomes every year and developed a shorthand between them. Nobody has been able to stop I think that's part of it. But if we look at, let's see here, let's go to Travis Kelsey's career because, you know, he came into the league in 2013. Kelsey was 2017. So for the first four years, he did not have, and and again, 2017, Alex Smith played. That wasn't even, what's it called? So 2018 was the first year Patrick Mahomes played. So, Kelsey already had three pro bowls and an all pro before Patrick Mahomes stepped in. And so that I like this argument I agree with you because when you play with great quarterbacks, everything changes and they're one of the most pass heavy offenses out there. But this dude had three pro bowls and an all pro before Mahomes stepped in. Now he went bananas afterwards. Um, yeah, so that's, that's what it is. Yeah. Officially, uh, What's up, Hammer? He says, John, are you officially moved into Cal- Cali? I am. El Cerrito, we are at home. This is the mothership. I'm excited. Um, yeah, glad to be here. Donald says, man, 49ers, if Kittle didn't block as much, he'd be the, his numbers would be much higher. I agree. But he's so damn important, man. Um, Rob says, I have a Kittle jersey. Just wish we had the quarterback connection that Kelsey has. Yeah, I would like that too. Right here, Um, John uh, from Juan, thank you. He says, John, can you explain the difference between All-Pro and Pro Bowl? Oh, thank you. That's a freaking thank you. That's a great question. All-Pro is the most important. That is, the Associated Writers or the AP usually does that. It's changed over time from Pro Football Writers to the AP. to. There's lots of different All-Pros. But the most recognized is the Associated Press Writers. And what they do is they fill a team, 22 players, offense, defense, and they fill out a roster. So, and they go with kind of the traditional lineups. Um, So like you get one quarterback, one tight end, you know, you get five offensive linemen, you you know, one, you know, all that stuff. Defensively, they do the same thing. So there's only one all pro tight end. That's what makes everything so hard is that these guys are competing for one spot. If you're a wide receiver, there's three. If there's a cornerback, there's three. If there's linebackers, there's two, right? Things like that. So it's a little bit different. So these one positions, that's difficult. Pro Bowl, lots of guys can be Pro Bowlers. There's four to five guys that make the Pro Bowl each year for for tight ends because they usually do, you know, one, two, an AFC, an NFC, or whatever else, or they'll do the top, whatever, so Pro Bowl is way easier. They've changed the way Pro Bowls are awarded to where now there's a fan involvement, which I hate. Not that I don't like fan involvement, it's just it turns into a popularity contest who has the larger fan bases and it's all stats based and if you've ever filled out a Pro Bowl ballot on nfl.com whenever they open them up, it's arbitrary stats that just don't show things. And it's just it's not a good It's only a third of the process, but that still messes it up. So Pro Bowls matter. They used to matter a lot more, um, which, again, is why Tony Gonzalez, 14 Pro Bowls, back whenever the process was different, it's pretty damn awesome. Um, So hopefully that makes sense. So All-Pro is way more important than Pro Bowl, but still Pro Bowl tells you you're in the elite category. All-pro means you're the best of the best. You are the absolute best tight end. So if you see somebody that's got an all-pro on there, they were the absolute best that year. Still flawed system, but much it's harder to get around. Right here, Donald says, if Dwight Clark played today, would he be a tight end? For Andy Reid, yes. For Kyle Shanahan, no. Does I hope that makes sense? Um, but yeah, Dwight Clark could be a tight end for the 49ers, but he'd be a better fit in the Andy Reid type system. He's much more of a Kelsey type guy. Not that he can't block, but that's not his his advantage. His number one skill set was you know, catching in space, uh, a la the catch, which I freaking love. Um, yeah, right here, Josh Gronk missed a lot of the time too. Um, not catching Kelsey's numbers, I don't think there's any way he can. I just not in this offense. Just not if if George Kittle plays another six years in this offense and you just double his stats or add a little extra, he's still not getting there. Yeah, Rob, right here. Gronk had Brady, Kelsey had Mahomes. Kittle hasn't had a full offseason in a year with the quarterback. Yeah, he broke the record with Nick Mullins and actually not even Nick Mullins. He broke the record with, I think it was Hoyer. Let me go back and look at this. This is going to make me feel sick to my stomach. In 2018, let's go here. Because that was the year, what's his name, got hurt, right? And Patrick Mahomes was the MVP. Shocker. Yeah, Niners go 4-12. and So the quarterbacks that George Kittle broke the record, Nick Mullins started eight games. C.J. Beathard started five games. Jimmy G, three games. Yeah, you're catching passes from Nick Mullins and C.J. Bethard. Meanwhile, Kelsey's out there catching passes from the MVP. Urgh, that pisses me off. <laughs> yeah, right there, Waddy says that Kittle has lacked uh, a consistent quarterback. Yeah, there we go. Dave, I met Tony Gonzalez the year before he retired. Really cool dude. I've only heard amazing things. Um, I'm with you there. Sean Ferris, what's up, brother? Kittle's only real chance is if he gets Kelsey-level healthy, wins multiple Super Bowls, and plays five more years at this level. So let's go back to the title of this show, what Sean kind of answered. Way to go, Sean. No, nah, you're the man. What will it take for George Kittle to be the best tight end ever? Okay, if Gonzalez is the guy and Gronk is number two. So for me, I go Gonzalez one, Gronk two. You've got to win in some categories, okay? Super Bowls. Can he get four Super Bowls, Kittle? I don't think so. I wish. Gosh, that would be awesome. So you're not going to beat K- Gronk in Super Bowls. That ain't it. You're not going to beat Gonzalez in longevity or stats. Not even possible if you played 10-plus years on this same schedule. So those are gone. So stats are gone. Now you've got, Yeah, I mean, are you going to pass the all pros? Good Lord, can he get six all pros? No, no, you can't. Is it possible? Here's what he's going to have to do he is going to have to almost revolutionize the position, which he's gotten pretty close to doing. But he's going to have to have like a freaking 16 touchdown season, he's going to have to have another 1300 yard season, he's going to have to hit a thousand yards consistently. And it's just like, man, you look at, he had 765 yards last year. He's, uh, I don't know. The one thing that I could say about George Kittle, though, is I think that he will have a much larger impact on the game after the fact that he's played. And I don't mean that as an insult. I, I mean that as, Whatever George Kittle wants to do, he will do. If he wants to be the commissioner of the NFL, he will do it. If he wants to be the WWE champion, he will do it. If he wants to, I mean, this guy, literally, the rock is his ceiling for after football. That's what he could be. He's that freaking awesome in his personality and positivity and all those things. So can he be the greatest of all time? I really doubt it just because he's so hamstrung on the system and his options and the stats. I hate that. If blocking was a measurable trait, I know somebody's like PFF, uh, but yeah, just no. Um, so yeah, I I think he's got a ways to go, but I think the goal for George Kittle should be to be into, be in consideration, to be in the argument. If you look back, and this is going to suck right here, and I hate it already. If you look at... All of the top-rated tight ends back to this Hall of Fame monitor, right? George Kittle is really, really low. He's got a career AVI of 29 points. That's the 45th tight end. And again, this is just pro football reference. But and the question is, you know, where could he be at? But if you look at that Kittle... Guys like Zach Ertz are ahead of him. Zach Ertz got three all pros, man. Vernon Davis is ahead of him. Brent Jones, Jay Novacek is ahead of him. Now, he's still got time to play, and the average Hall of Fame tight end is a 97. That's the average score is 97. He's at 24. He's got a ways to go, man. Um, The lowest Hall of Fame tight end is Charlie Sanders with a 61. Um, he had two all pros, seven Pro Bowlers. Never won a championship. You know, that was in the 60s, 70s. Matt, Mike Ditka, he's second lowest with the 62. He had two Pro Bowls, 5 oh, sorry, two all pros, five Pro Bowls, two Super Bowls. Jackie Smith, who's in the Hall of Fame, he had no all pros and five Pro Bowls. So he's on he's on pace for that. But I don't think that's gonna get him there. Because there's there's other guys, I'm trying to look, who has the most Pro Bowls that is not in the Hall of Fame at the tight end position? Jason Witten will be eventually. Antonio Gates will be eventually. Steve Jordan, back in the 80s, he had no All-Pros, six Pro Bowls. He's not in. He had a 33 score. So that's what he's kind of chasing. Jimmy Graham, one All-Pro, five Pro Bowls. Kittle's right on pace for that. Right? Like, he's got to pass that. And he was just a receiving guy. So I don't know. It's going to be hard to catch him. But, yeah, Eric right here. It's going to be hard to catch Kelsey, considering he's probably not done putting up playoff stats. Yeah, they're going to be back. They're going to be back. Yeah. Right here, Donald. I'm imagining Kittle and Davis together on the field. That would be the best tight end. Oh, that would make me happy. And they they help each other out, right? Because Kittle can block and Vernon can run the routes and all that stuff. Sean, uh, right now, Kelsey is practically a lock for the Hall of Fame. I agree. Kittle is on pace to be in the Hall of Very Good. Uh, He needs to have a golden age in his 30s. He's 29 this year. He needs one or two. He needs another All-Pro, probably two more All-Pro years. (laughs) David, I miss Brent Jones. I love him so much, man. He's such a stud. Now, back to this question that I said, you know, we we would shelve just a little bit. Donald Johnson, will Kittle have a great season coming up? How many yards will he have? All that kind of stuff. Now, here's what I will say. You know, I'm really big on changes that take place throughout the year. And, okay, what was it to what will it be? For example, just yesterday, and I've talked about this a lot When Steve Wilkes came in, I said, this is going to help Tolano Hufunga more than anybody else. And I think that's huge. Then, when we traded for Christian McCaffrey, I said, look, this is going to help George Kittle more than anybody else. And that's exactly what took place. The touchdowns just went off the charts, right? So if we look at what Kittle was able to do at the CMC trade, where's the CMC trade? Boom, right there. Kansas City. Wow. So, Kittle was hurt weeks one and two, right? George Kittle had zero touchdowns until we traded for CMC. Zero. So, through week six, zero touchdowns. You get George, uh, you trade for CMC. Kittle scores 11 touchdowns. And how many games is that? Uh, let's see here. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. 11 touchdowns in 11 games. That's, I didn't know that was the case. Um, so (laughs) if you pick up that trajectory, you got a 17 touchdown season in the works. I don't think that's happening. I think that's happened once for a Titan ever. Um, and that was, I, what's that? Yeah. Yeah. That was Gronk in 2011 and he led the NFL in touchdowns that year. I remember that fantasy year. So I want double digit touchdowns over 800 yards. I think that those are kind of the metrics I'm looking for. And somebody's like, man, 800 yards, that's not very much. Well, that's kind of what he's going to get as the fourth or fifth option. Because if you're looking at the Niners' entire MO, CMC's number one. I think Debo's two. Maybe IU two. But those are the three. Then you got Kittle. Like Kittle's not getting more targets than either of those three players. It's just not going to happen. And it should not happen. I'm not advocating that he should be higher than that. That's where he should be in the pecking order. But the plays that he does get will be huge. So, yeah, I would say 800 yards, 10 touchdowns, basically what he did last year. Hopefully he can stay healthy. You know, he played 15 games last year. But with the way he plays, that's going to kind of be the way it goes. Um, Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know. The touchdowns are key. That's what's going to be so important. Look at this. I I believe he's going to go to WWE. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. Uh, You can make the argument about most complete tight end. Yeah, him and Gronk. Shannon Sharp belongs in that one, too. Uh, If we're talking about complete tight ends, you're taking away Tony Gonzalez. You're taking away Travis Kelsey. They're not in those conversations. They're not. And yeah, he's got to win some Super Bowls. Look at this 807 touchdowns. There you go. Yeah. Oh, Delaney Walker entered the conversation. Thank you, Chuck. I love it. Uh, Greg, it says CMC 1,000, 1,000, Debo 800, IUT 12, Kittle 700. I would sign up for that right now. That is 2,000, 2,800, 3,000, 4,700 yards right there. That is a lot of freaking yards. Now let's see. That's four thousand seven hundred yards. How many yards did we have last year? Total yards we had sixty two hundred yards. So, yeah, that's gonna. Some other people are gonna have to step up. But yeah, I'd take that in a heartbeat. I would take that in a heartbeat. It's actually somewhat realistic with Debo, IU, and Kittle. Whoo, man! Just gotta stay healthy. Right here. How many? How many? Rushing yards will Kittle have the jumbo sweep, baby, the jumbo jet. Let me pull up George Kittle's uh rushing stats. So George Kittle has 11 career rushing attempts in the regular season for 69 yards. I don't think you want anymore. <laughs> I think you want to finish right there at that total. Um, But 69 yards over six years. So you're talking about the over-under being at 11 yards. I'm going to go under. (laughs) He did not get one rushing attempt last year. He did not get one. What about the playoffs? Did he? He did. He got one rushing attempt for four yards in the playoffs last year. So uh, there we go. He's got, that's awesome. Look at one. You're hilarious. Now, um, something that I am just so thankful and excited about and so looking forward to. Football's close, man. 55 days away from kickoff. And we're going to be there. Tickets are available at 49ersrushroadtrip.com. We have added all of the home games except for the Christmas game. My wife said nope. Um, But the graphic is up. And so every single home game, we are going to be at throwing the best tailgate ever. I am spending a ridiculous amount of money. I got to whisper. My wife might be home still. we are going all out on this tailgate packages. If you haven't joined one before, you got to come out and party with us. And if you want to know what it's like, here you go. Going to 49ers games is awesome. But what's even better than that is going to 49ers games with the faithful, joining the community. And we got you covered. The 49ers Rush Road Trip is going into its fourth year of bringing the faithful together. Night before parties, tailgates the day of. We got you covered. Go get your tickets at 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Oh, I'm so excited to hang out with people. And it's cool because we've kind of built this up. We've been doing it for so long now that people keep coming back and we don't get a lot of negative complaints. And if anybody ever has negative complaints, refunds coming, all that kind of stuff, we'll figure it out. We'll make it happy. But, man, I'm pumped. Um, And most importantly, everything is family friendly. Um, Anybody under the age of 18, They get in for free. They get everything. Um, They just have to be with an adult with a ticket, right? So that's the idea. So any event we do, it's about building the community, family style. It's going to be a good time. Now, let's go to and let's wrap this show up. With the best number 26 ever to wear the 49ers jersey. Um, This was an interesting one. Had to go way back for this one. Um, Some recent ones, Samuel Womack currently Where's number twenty six, Josh Norman, Tevin Coleman, Squasky Tart. He wore twenty six for one year, then changed. Um, Rod Woodson, the great, only for one year. Ray Rhodes uh, had a huge impact. Daryl Pollard, back in eighty eight to ninety, he had a sixteen AV score. Undrafted free agent from Weber State, he had two Super Bowl wins with the Niners, eighty nine and eighty eight uh, 88 and eighty nine. Played forty nine games, which is solid. Tremaine Brock, baby. um, he had an 18 AV score. He was an undrafted free agent that played seven years for the 49ers. Awesome. Finished with 80 games played and 11 touch or 11 interceptions. Incredible. What about the old Mark Roman, baby? Yes. Um, Oh six to 09. He had a 20 AV score. He joined the Niners at 29 years old at safety played in 64 games, 226 tackles as a safety. It is four years with us. He was fun, but I don't think that there's much of a competition here. I don't see the name floating in the chat. Wendell Tyler running back from 1983 to 1986. He got a 30 AV score. He came to the 49ers after six years with the Rams. He had one pro bowl and one super bowl win with the Niners as the starting running back had a hellacious year, man. Back in 1984, 1,492 total yards and nine touchdowns. Incredible. Now, what was crazy to me is when I was looking up all of his stats and going through this, he had 13 fumbles lost that year, (laughs) which is crazy. Um, He had 286 total yards and one touchdown in the Super Bowl run. You know, that's the entire playoffs. And that team just blew every single team out. Uh, They won every single playoff game, including the Super Bowl, by 11 or more points. That's when they blew out. Dan Marino Dan Marino um, in the Super Bowl incredible team but yeah Wendell Tyler I don't know a lot of these older players I was born in 82 man and so if nothing else I hope that this brings to life some of these older players and I don't want them to I want them to not be for I want them to be learned and appreciated for what they have brought to this fan base um, and hopefully there's some old hats listening that are pumping their fist uh, right now because yeah, I'm excited, man. And it's just so cool looking back and learning about Wendell Tyler. You know what I mean? Like that, that's awesome. Daryl Pollard. I remember Daryl Pollard though. Um, he was, I, I started in 89. That's when my fandom started. Um, and yeah, awesome. Just freaking awesome. So let's see here. A couple other comments before we jump out. Oh, look at this. Diego, what's up, man? He says planning on coming out week 4. Diego such an awesome guy. Bring that camera. This dude is a professional photographer, man. He crushes it. Gregus, he says, "Wow, that's the most you've ever done, I think. You know, a big reason why we we're able to move up here is we're able to do so many home games now. It was difficult flying up with all my equipment and renting gear and generators and speakers and uh now I'm just going to freaking rent a U-Haul trailer every single week." And I'm going to load that thing up with everything I got, which is going to be a lot. And I'll drop the trailer off every single day whenever I come back from the game. So proximity helps out a lot. But every time we throw a party, we get a lot of very good results. And that's awesome. And just bringing people together and meeting people and creating a healthy space for people to enjoy. What do we do here, right? What do I always say? The goal of 49ers Rush, increase the fan experience. That's it. We want people to have a better time being a 49ers fan and to build a positive community, which kind of goes back to number one. Uh, I have fun talking Niners. I can do this crap all day by myself. The chat's amazing. The emails, the Twitter, the Patreon, all these things are great. And I love those things. I started this podcast just because I love football. I had to give up coaching because, you know, the whole family thing with, you know, become foster parents and adoptive parents. And I needed to be more involved at home. And this was the outlet that allowed me to do that. I used to sleep in my office on the regular coaching football in Texas. Like that was just normal. Two nights a week, I was sleeping on a freaking nurse's cot in my coach's office. And so I could wake up and get more work done. It was crazy. 90 plus hour work weeks all throughout the season. It just wasn't healthy. And so when we got our boys, I I needed more time to come home. And who knew... You know, what What are we at? Episode number, what, what is it today? That's not right, is it? 895? Wow. We're going to be hitting episode 900 next week, baby. I got to give something away. That's just what we got to do. Um, yeah, right here, Eddie. See you in Jacksonville. That's what's up, man. <laughs> he says, what if you got a family like Philip Rivers? Oh, my gosh. We'll go broke. It will be worth the expense, you know, I'm not good at making money. That's not my strength. And that's okay. I, I want to be able to pay my bills, which sometimes, all right, we get it done. But, man, there's just certain things that are just so important to me. And I became a fan when I was nine years old and stayed. It has never changed. And so if we get the opportunity to create some of those cool, fun memories for kids and they can remember, you know, they won a prize or an autographed jersey or autographed football or, you know, we've got a video game set up that I'm going to have up at all of our tailgates, at our home tailgates, where they can take part and learn and be a part of the faithful. Oh, that's worth it, man. But Philip Rivers, I don't know. He's got a lot of kids, man. <laughs> He's got a lot of them. So, oh, we got Mark Pfeiffer. What's up, man? What's up, Mark? He says, Wendell Tyler was an exciting back. But he held the ball like a loaf of bread. Uh, he fumbled away way too much. Yeah, 13 fumbles. That's a lot. Mosquito killer. Man, I'm juiced to come to a tailgate. Yes. I love it. Right here he says, I haven't bought my ticket yet. Going to try what you said. I believe it's your, your purchase tickets day of, day of the game, right? Yes. I always wait. And I always tell people this. And he, let me say this. If you wait to buy your tickets in the 24 hours before the sporting event, usually you save money. One time. One time I missed, and that was on the 49ers Raiders New Year's Eve. It was the most expensive game of the year for the regular season. And so ticket prices jumped back up whenever I bought them. But I went to 13 games last year, I think. So worked 12 times. One time it didn't. I've never not gotten into a game. I did the same thing for a Super Bowl. Um, that worked. I'm not too concerned about it. Now, here's what I will say to you if you are uncomfortable and it stresses you out to wait. It's not worth the money saved. So if you're one of those people that just, man, it stresses you out, just buy your ticket, man. Just buy your ticket. But me, I like to gamble, baby. (laughs) I like to go crazy. So uh, that's just how I roll. One, cannot wait for the 49ers rush. Walk to the stadium. One of my favorite times every game. When we pack up the tailgate, we get everything going. We all walk together, whether we're on the road or we're at home. Such a cool time, and by that time, everybody's vibing, people are meeting, exchanging numbers. That is just so cool. Um, yeah, Gregus, that Raiders game on New Year's Eve is salty, salty. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Uh, Mosquito says, You haven't steered me wrong yet, so I'm excited to try. Also, we'll be following your bets this year. Yeah, I've got a couple people asking for when I'm going to release my season long bets on Patreon. Yes, that is. Go- I usually wait for everybody to report to training camp to make sure there's no holdouts, injuries, stuff like, is Jimmy G going to pass his physical? Well, that's going to affect the the AFC West and win totals and all that stuff. I've already got my notebook of bets that I'm eyeing based on odds. But yes, that will be coming as we get into training camp. Uh, my bookie's already coming back for a whole nother year, baby. Mm. Shout out to my bookie. And so, yeah, we're going to be betting with them We have posted profits every single year, four straight years since we started doing this. We're going to make you money. That's just what it is. It's just what it is. So appreciate you guys. Man, today was a fun show. I like it Whatever I have a good time. Hopefully you guys did as well. Um, And man, we got training camp not too far away. So lots more content coming your way. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. And as always, stay strong, faithful.